welcome to the Let's Go Racing Family Podcast, sharing our love through NASCAR, running, and just racing through life. Hosted by Sebastian, Giovanni, Karen, Tony, and me, Johan. Each week, we'll talk about our view of the world through the lens of racing. And boy, oh boy, to start off our topics, we had a fun and really cool race, I thought. It was very fun to see all these drivers slipping and sliding around Richmond, and we saw a few drivers having to go into pit row, and it was quite funny. What was funny about the ones in pit row? The ones that were really funny was Joey Logano and Kevin Harvick, because first of all, Kevin Harvick had to wait for like half an hour in pit row. He started eating lunch. He started texting. He wanted a beer. It was hilarious. And I think we were all laughing about that. I think he also bought a grill or he was looking up his grill. Remember (laughs) that? That, that, Yeah, it was that was probably a highlight for me of a race. And then uh, Clint Boyer. And I quote, I got bubbing again. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he did get bubbled again. I think that's the best part of this whole series. The misadventures of Clint Boyer. I'm going to like celebrate when he wins. I really like Clint Boyer. I've always liked him. And seeing him in this light, in this, you know, as an announcer and then just the and participant way, and a participant. He's been really fun to watch. And I do look forward to seeing him. I do hope he's going to win. I know we all talked about that. We would really like to see him get up there and and compete and that would be very exciting but uh we can't help but root for him he's just a fun guy what do you think about clint boyer johan he's um a funny man is he a funny man mm-hmm. did you enjoy the race this weekend yeah i enjoyed it what what did you enjoy uh what was your favorite part of the race uh i honestly don't know <laughs> you don't know what about Jimmy Johnson? Give us a Jimmy Johnson update. How did he do in this week's race? Uh, I do not know. You don't remember? Do you remember anything from the race? Well, I remember Will and Byron winning. You did remember that. Well, I actually, while we were watching the race, you guys are going to think I'm a, a, a bit of a geek when it comes to this. I kind of wrote down some observations Um, The first of which, and it's something that we've kind of talked about a little bit in the last few episodes, is that even after four weeks of doing this, several of our the top drivers are still having challenges adapting. I mean, Giovanni said it already. You know, you had Kevin Harvick spending 20 plus minutes in the in the pit because after his car all, was this repaired. was his first race too and this was his first race well joey logano was also in the pits for a little while i think when they were interviewing him he still had like eight he had eight minutes but even he himself said that he's when they asked him how he was doing he said i'm still struggling i'm still trying to figure this thing out and the fact that your man johan jimmy johnson wasn't winning he's still having some troubles isn't he yeah so, I mean, a lot of the drivers up there, I mean, Kyle Busch, he's definitely put in some effort. And he got a top five this week. I think if there was a little more time, I think he could have caught up and won this race. So I, I just think it's really interesting that these big time drivers, the top drivers of, this, of the series, are really having challenges adapting. You, you know, the other thing that I kind of observed was that, you know, the announcers were talking about it. And then we kind of started talking about it is that this, what I I guess I wrote down is digital realism is very realistic. In other words, this is the one professional sport where they could do something like this. We kind of talked about it. Um, we talked last week about the NBA. Did you ever find that video on YouTube? 
about the NBA's uh, horse competition they were trying to do? I don't think so. I might have seen like a little bit of it, but all I know, it was really bad. And uh, the only reason it actually was popular was because everyone had turned it into a meme. Yeah, it was it was turned into a meme and it's it's not as exciting. But again, how many times we watch this and and if you kind of like close your eyes for a second, you just listen to the announcers, listen to the action. You kind of feel like we're watching a real race. Obviously, when you open your eyes, you you can tell they're digital cars especially when they're close, but when they're further away and they show kind of the cars racing through, they look pretty realistic. What do you think? Yeah, actually, if you walk, if you're just walking by and I've heard people say this too, if you're just walking by the room, you wouldn't be able, you couldn't tell that you're watching a virtual race. It looks pretty real. Again, you'd have to sit there and look. And the boys actually conned me this week. They were watching a um, actual race of Richmond. In fact, I think it was the one we went to in 2016. And they were like, mom, look at this digital virtual race. And I was like, wow, those graphics are amazing. What were you going to say about it, Johan? You were going to say something about that. Oh, uh, I was going to say what he said. No, but tell us, tell us what you did. Like, what do you mean? Like, what did you do to con your mom into thinking it was a real, like, explain to us what the story well, was. Well, it was Gio's idea. We, we basically, because we we had um, been watching the iRacing for a little while now, we just thought maybe mom would, maybe mom would think that we, um, that we could trick her into thinking that it so is. So tell us, Johan, what happened? Race. Tell us, describe it to it for us. Since mom was not in the room yet, see, we're still in a room. And then Gio was like, hey, Johan, we should prank mom by um, telling her this is a iRacing race. But it was actually a Sprint Cup race. And like Greg Biffle, Carl Edwards were racing. So this was a real, this is a recording of a real race? Yeah. Yes. And the the funny thing was they were showing the lineup of drivers. And I think it was funny because they have a Sprint Cup logo right down the middle of it and I'm like oh man she's gonna see that and she's gonna be like wait a second well nope it wasn't that she completely ignored the logo and just was admiring the quote-unquote graphics I was but to my defense I was in a different room and they kind of called me in and I just and I was on my way into the kitchen so I kind of glanced at it and again because we have been watching these virtual races it was it looked realistic enough like the races. So I was like, wow, those are great graphics. Even the people in the pits look for real. And yes, I didn't even notice the logo or the lineup of drivers. Granted, I wasn't wearing my glasses either, so I couldn't actually read the drivers. But um, yeah, it, it looked so realistic that I actually thought that it was the virtual race, but it turned out to be the real race. But the reason I, I mentioned that is because in passing, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to tell which if it was a virtual race or if it was a real race because it is pretty realistic yeah. looking. Yeah, and I, so I, I just think that the, the NASCAR community, NASCAR, Fox, all the, the folks that are putting on uh, the races each week have done a great job. They've actually gotten celebrities to do the, you know, to be the Grand Marshal this week was, as you know, who was the Grand Marshal this week? I knew Larry the Cable Guy was there, right? Yes, but he I don't was think not. it wasn't him. Does anybody know? He's an actor. He was on The Simpsons. Oh, the voice of Homer Simpson. No, not the voice of Homer Simpson. The voice of 
Krusty the Clown? No, the other bad clown. Uh, um, Sideshow Bob. No. Yes, Sideshow Bob. He was voiced by Larry McGrunnell. No, Hank Azaria. Kelsey Grammer. Oh, yeah. Kelsey Wait. Grammer was the Grand Marshal. Who's Kelsey Grammer? Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's actually, okay, so you guys, the reason I said The Simpsons is that's how you would know it. But your mother and I are I know old enough to have seen him. He had his own show called Frasier. Well, I know him from that, Cheers. From Cheers. Yes. I know him from X-Men. He's Beast. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. So anyway, so they had him. And then who sang the national anthem this week? Rascal Flats. Rascal Flats. So I, I just think it's really good. <laughs> Johan was like, who's that? I just think it's been great that they have actually put a high production value as high as you can in this situation without, you know, being able to be on location. So I just think it's been a, a fantastic job and it just makes and adds to the realism of it. So, yeah, I thought that was really cool. There's one thing I do want to point out. The one non-realistic thing is when drivers are going through drivers in pit row. <laughs> I mean, if you saw that in the, in, in real life, you'd be like, what is Ghost happening? Cars. Nah, but it's it, Ghost it, they're cars. just like they're just like oh, oh sup sup Brad. Uh, 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 no, yeah, no, I thought me. that was kind of strange. I think that they said, if I remember correctly, that it's only supposed to happen on purpose when they're driving through the pits for some reason. There's actually a um, there's actually a a border and there's a specific section. So whenever they pass the orange line with the orange box and the cone, that is when they turn into ghost cars. So from there on out. Before there, they can hit each other. But once they're in that spot and on pit road, they turn into ghost cars and people can drive through each other. And then once they exit the pits, as soon as they exit, they become um, physical contact turn is turned back on. Which means if, I, well, I wonder what would happen if somebody is driving through somebody and they both happen to be not right next to each other and then the, they come out into the box where they just like, would they be stuck or would something happen? I don't know. I think it's it's just I guess that's one of those game parts of it. What is really weird is when you see the cars drive through in accidents. Um, but, you know, we haven't seen as much of that. Again, it is a video game. It is a simulation. So those things are expected. I will be honest. I'm surprised there hasn't been as many glitches. Like who was the driver that something happened and I think caused a caution? sure. And they didn't know what happened. They thought his tire went down. It was Chris Brusher, right? And it and it was because his steering wheel got occurred. his steering wheel got disconnected. Wasn't that the case? And then his yeah. car just locked up. So thinking about the fact that we had this event and everyone is still locked home and we don't have a lot of live events. You got the NFL draft that's coming up. So I think that'll be something new. Um, besides that. You know, there really hasn't been any other new sports. You have a new documentary, a sports documentary, The Last Dance, uh, that that just came out. That's probably the biggest sporting event, you know, that's going on right now. It's better than horse. <laughs> yeah, it's better than the horse that the NBA has put out. So, uh, yeah, I think it's kind of uh, interesting. You know, I always compare NASCAR to other sports. Because it is, in my eyes, it's it's a, it's a sport. It's obviously a, one of our favorite sports. And I think, you know, it's kind of interesting the way different sports market and advertise their players. So if you think about the NBA, it's all about the players. Because if you think about it, it's five on five. 
They're not wearing any kind of face protection or mask. So you get to see these guys and, and you get to, you see them, you, you watch them, you see their emotions, you feel more connected to these NBA players. Football is much more a team sport in the sense that you have a few guys that most people will know, like the quarterbacks of the teams and maybe a star wide receiver. But if you really think about it, one, there are so many football players and they're all wearing masks. So they're kind of more separated from you. You don't have the same emotional connection, at least I feel, with the entire football team as you might be with one player or another. You see what I'm saying? So like, you know, you may fall in love with uh, your star quarterback that won the Super Bowl, Nick Foles. And you may not have the same connection with all the other players on the team. Whereas basketball, I think you have your star players, but I, I just think because of the lack of masks and helmets, it's the same, you know, you feel a little closer. And I think NASCAR in a way kind of suffers a little bit from that because again, you're watching vehicles driving and, and unless you're into the sport like us and we watch the end of the race and we see the drivers come out and you really see their personality at the end you don't really get that connection. And I think that's been one of the bright things or bright sides of this iRacing is that we have these cameras of these guys in their homes. You're seeing their reactions. You know, you're seeing Jimmy Johnson kind of stretch his neck. You're seeing Kevin Harvick or, you know, you're, you know, Clint Boyer and, and, and Joey Logano, all these drivers, the excitement, you see the focus. You're seeing their personalities yeah, too. Yeah, you're seeing their personalities. So I just, that's my point. I think that the good thing that we can probably take and I think is going to help the sport in a way if, if you know, a few, you know, more fans watch it is to get interested in, and get connected to new and different drivers. And I think it'll help long term because one of the things that the sport has to deal with is the fact that you've had top the most top popular drivers leave the sport over the past five, six, seven years. I mean, think about it. The great, if you went to the NFL or, or basketball and you took your all-stars and basically said in about five years, all those guys are gone. Like your top players. That's what's happened in NASCAR with junior retiring, Jeff Gordon, retiring, Tony Stewart, retiring, Carl Edwards, retiring. And you got a backfill and we're in a point in the sports history where you still have some popular drivers, but not as many well-known. And I honestly believe if enough people see this iRacing, it can only help the league because you're, you're building relationships with new drivers. Like I mentioned this before, Timmy Hill. I didn't know who that guy was. I mean, I'd heard his name. I didn't really know. I could not have placed him in a lineup. But he won his race, and he did such a great job, and you just, you know, you learned a little bit about him. You got and, to see him and yeah. his reactions. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think that's a really good thought. And that whole building the connection with drivers, the new fans can watch these, build the connections. And then when we go back to actual NASCAR, they can they could watch the actual races and then root for their guys. And then you have even and then you have more fans watching with yeah, New I definitely think it has been a good, um, it, this has been good because of the iRacing League, we're seeing these drivers who um, are not as popular or are up there as much in 
the regular races, we're able to see them up there because most of them are iRacing drivers. And um, we're able to see who they are or get to know who they are. Because like you said, I remember Timmy Hill was in the Daytona 500, but I had no idea what he looked like or who he was, you know. Now he's usually up there and um, we're getting to see these guys and, and, and get to know them a little bit more. Well, there's actually a story about Timmy Hill in the duels. If he did not make the Daytona 500, they would have to shut the team down. But he made it in and they didn't have to shut the team down. Yeah, and hopefully now getting more exposure with the iRacing, maybe he can get more sponsorship and uh, get maybe a better car. They can get better equipment for him. And yeah, they get, you know, I think that would be great to see him improve, even if it's with his own team. Obviously, we all talked about the sponsorship is the lifeblood of the sport. And the better your sponsors, uh, the the more well-funded you can get better equipment and you can do really, really well. So uh, I'll be really interested to see where he turns out and, and how things go over the next uh, the next few weeks. So next week. We're going to Talladega. It's the big one, baby. I'm super excited about Dega. Uh, obviously, it's one of my favorite tracks, and I I'm actually really excited because Dale Jr. is really excited. I think somebody asked in the broadcast, and his response was like, "Of course, I you know he's going to be racing next week." I have a question. So you know how Denny Hamlin's rig moves to the car in the video game. What if he goes flipping? What happens to the rig? Does the rig go flipping? No, I think it'll just, they'll get to a point where it can't turn anymore, but it'll probably. It'll probably just like vibrate, yeah, it'll and, vibrate shake. and shake. That's going to be a, an interesting race because, you know, Talladega is that, you know, high speed restrictor plate race like Daytona. So this will be the first iRacing league fast track like that. And I'm thinking it might be a messy one just because of Bristol, like what happened in Bristol. Because Richmond on Sunday was a pretty clean race. I mean, there were a few wrecks here and there, but for the most part, it was a... How many restarts did they give the drivers this week? Zero. Zero. You had none. Zito. And it was Zero. a clean race. Yeah. Zito. So I'm interested to see Talladega. It is one of my favorite races to watch. History has it that you get the big ones there. So I'm curious to see how they're going to do with these races and if they're going to get resets and how, how, many, how many they'll do yeah. and, and how many crashes how many big ones are they're really gonna do so yeah so next week talladega i'm super excited it's always one of my favorite races this time of year and i can't wait to see dale jr i was thinking a lot about you know seeing some of my old time favorites back out there one more time and to be able to see him r- race again at a restrictor plate i'm super excited i mean Giovanni and I were watching some of the old races in Daytona and and watching what he could do in Dega. It was amazing. I remember there was that stretch a few years where at DEI, him and Michael Waltrip, man, they dominated those restrictor plate tracks. And they used to call him the Pied Piper, Dale Jr. They used to call Dale Jr. the Pied Piper because everywhere he went, everybody followed. If he went high, they went high. He went low, he went low. Like they said, like if he went in the pits, everyone goes in the pits. If he goes, uh, if he goes right, everybody goes right. If he goes left, everybody goes left. Talk about creepers. <laughs> well, I mean, he was the guy. He knew what he was doing. And then he's the son of the Intimidator which is the one who won in 2000 at Talladega 
in 18th place. I think it was two laps to go, and he came back to the lead and won the race. Well, I think it's going to be it's going to be really exciting. I'm super excited for it. How many races did Junior win in Talladega during his career? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, give me a clue. Was it double digits or single digits? Oh, I don't know. I'm asking you. Oh, I thought you looked it up. Uh, I would probably say it's anywhere. I think it's like six or seven. I think he's won six or seven races. I know. I know. Senior won like ten, and including his final race in Dega. Yeah, I believe I've heard something that out of Daytona and Talladega, Dale Earnhardt Jr. has thirteen wins combined from each of those tracks. I don't know if that's true or if that's not. I believe it is. How many did you say? Thirteen total from Daytona and Talladega. Junior, not senior. How many did you say, Tony? I said six to seven. And I, I knew, I knew, oh, look at that. So senior had 10. It's the most among all drivers. And junior had six. Ties him for second. So that's an Earnhardt track. If you ever call the track an Earnhardt track, that's an Earnhardt track. Could he get lucky number seven to m- Next week, you know what? To be honest, I you, we all know that Dale Jr. has been doing the i racing. I'm pretty sure he's won at this track before in i racing. So uh, I don't I don't think we'll count it as a number seven, but I do think he'll probably. I think he'll be one of the favorites. He'll be one of my. He'll be one of the ones I think he can get up there and, and and race. I think the only thing that holds him back in this type of race is whether or not he gets caught up in somebody else's mess. Yeah. Now I'm sorry to go off topic right now, but I uh, wanted to say this earlier. And it is actually true. NASCAR, because of them having this iRacing system, this is truly inspirational because I've been noticing that F1 and rally cars and um, other racing racing sports have actually been iRacing. NASCAR has practically influenced them. And it's, it's big. And I think this... Has actually opened up because people are like, oh wow, NASCAR's doing this iRacing. Um, and they they were the first ones to do it. And I think it was truly original of them. And now with everybody else. You're talking about other leagues showing the iRacing with their professional drivers on TV. Yes. They are okay. they are also doing that, like yeah. um F1 is too. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And I think it's also cool to have the other drivers in the other leagues race in the other leagues. You know what I'm saying? Like Kyle Busch racing in Indy and that kind of thing and open wheel. Yeah. Well, since Dega might have some big wrecks, I'm thinking like people who are in the back sometimes could win like John Hunter Neiman check or like uh, Chase Elliott, the 12 car, which is driven by Ryan Blaney or, or he could not be driving it sometimes. Or like Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, Bobby Labonte. What about them? You think they'll have chances to win? Yeah. That's pretty much the whole field. Who's going to win of those guys? You got to pick one. Who do you think is going to win? Uh, I think Jimmy Johnson. Um, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Even though the Jimmy he's my Johnson favorite. fan, pick Jimmy Johnson to win. Even though he's my favorite driver, I'm not choosing him because he's my favorite. I'm choosing him because he's not a good eye racer, but he has been doing good. And he knows what Talladega is like. So he did win at Talladega, but there wasn't that many big ones. 
what was the race we watched this week where he won and he came last lap and and won it? It was the two thousand and seven. Was it? I think it was a eleven or twelve. Oh, it was a 2011 or 12 race? Yeah, because Martin and Gordon left a roof uh, room for them. And then they tried blocking, but it was too late. They were able to come with Boyer and I think it was Harvick were um, battling against um, Gordon and Mark Martin. But then Jimmy and Junior came. And Jimmy got to the line just in front of Boyer. Yeah, that was a super exciting race. And to see how they could come from behind. And I think he was in fifth or sixth place when they were in the front stretch. And because of the drafting, won the race. Like you said, they gave him just enough room. He won on the inside. Got the push from from Junior and, and won up there and won. So that was really cool. And now it's Tony's Six Degrees of NASCAR, where Tony tries to connect pop culture with NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation. You know, this is my favorite, one of my favorite segments of our show. So let's recap the first few weeks. This is episode four. Episode one, Johan had picked Robert Downey Jr. Then it was Sebastian, who was your, it was uh, Keanu Reeves. Giovanni did it last week. And who was it? Ashley Eckstein. Ashley Eckstein. Well, this week, we're going to go back to Sebastian. Sebastian, who am I connecting to NASCAR? In honor of the new documentary, The Last Dance, you need to connect Michael Jordan to NASCAR. Michael Jordan to NASCAR. This is actually, there are several ways I could go. So first off, he grew up in North Carolina and he's actually a self-professed fan of the sport. His favorite driver was Richard Petty growing up. He also attended this year's championship race in Miami, believe it or not, saying how much he loved NASCAR. The other thing is one of his best friends. He's actually said he's one of his best friends, which is going to come to a shock for all of us, is the one and only Danny Hamlin, who happens to be sponsored by Jumpman, the Nike brand, the Air Jordan brand. Is that why that's on his That's why it's on his tire. But that's not the way I'm going to connect Michael Jordan and NASCAR. Michael Jordan played at the University of North Carolina. He won a national championship in 1982. That same year, there was a high school basketball player in North Carolina that took his team to the state finals. His name was Brad Doherty. Brad Doherty ended up playing the very next year at the University of North Carolina and was teammates to Michael Jordan for two years. And we all know Brad Doherty. He went on to play for the Cleveland Cavaliers as a center. Actually had a pretty decent career. They kept losing to the Bulls every year. But in NASCAR, he is the team one of the team owners of JTG Doherty Racing, who now fields the cars for Ryan Priest, number 37, and Ricky Stenhouse Jr., number 47. So Brad Doherty, teammate of Michael Jordan, connects Michael Jordan to NASCAR in less than six degrees. That was an interesting fact. I had no idea that one of his best friends is Denny Hamlin. Yeah, I that was is shocked. Quite too. a shock. And also that he was at the Homestead Speedway, the same for the championship race 
that we were at. Look at that, Tony. You were very close to Michael Jordan. I know. I had no idea he was there. So I wanted to share with our listeners that car racing isn't the only type of racing that we are into. Now, we love NASCAR and car racing in general. But we have also in the last few years taken up running. I got into running because my very good friend decided that she was going to start running. And her goal was to run the Disney Princess Half Marathon. And she wanted me to do it. And that was something that I was definitely not going to be able to do. There was no way I was going to be able to run 13.1 miles. So she convinced me to do the 5K with her. And I figured 3.1 miles. I, I think I can do that. I mean, I had never run in my life, but I did it. And I have to say it was a really neat experience. It was a challenge that I was able to do. I, I trained and I practiced and I ran 3.1 miles without stopping. And so that was something I was very proud of. One of my favorite quotes, and I apply this to running for me, is by Walt Disney. And it's, he said, it is fun to do the impossible. And I think that's the thing for running. I do not enjoy running. If you tell me, hey, let's go run. That's not something that I want to do. But when it comes to running races, especially the Disney races, uh, I think there it's, it's a lot of fun to push myself to do something that I can't do because I'm really not a natural born runner. And this past weekend... We had all signed up to do the Disney Star Wars 5K. And unfortunately, you know, due to the current situation with COVID-19, it was canceled. So just wanted to share that with you that we do some running. My favorite things of running races is the costume and the bling, of course. I love those medals, those shiny medals. Bling, bling. Which I think is hilarious because the first time you ran for your metal it wasn't a metal it was, it was plastic a, it was plastic but still i get it and it is it is pretty cool i've actually enjoyed it it's funny you say that it's impossible i'd never run more than a mile ever in my life and because of your involvement with the 5k and everything i decided one year i was going to do it and uh, i actually signed up did a 5k and i was there was a part of me that thought i may die because i have to run not just 1 mile i had to run 3. 3.1 and the Disney ones are a little, just a little, little bit longer, over 3.1. Yeah. So I, I had to run over three miles. I thought, I don't know if I'm ever going to do this. And then I did it and it was so fun. And then we signed up for the, we got too excited and we signed up for the 10K and that's a, effectively six miles. That's 6.2 miles. And I think that's probably the furthest that I will ever run because that one was pretty challenging for me. Now, granted, I didn't train for it the way that I should have, but uh, that was a tough one, but I am very proud that I finished it. Um, Tony ran it with me at a slower pace than he normally would have um, and helped me finish. So that was fun. But yeah, over the years, we have all been involved in some type of racing. When the boys were younger, they were doing some of the kids races. And last year, they actually, the two older boys signed up for the Star Wars race. They did that. So we can actually, we will actually be posting some pictures on our social media platform so that you guys can see some of our really cool costumes for our races. Well, it wasn't a 5k because it rained and it was shorter for them some of you might not believe me i am probably the only one in this family who likes running i enjoy running i enjoy doing it i will just run but the metal is definitely what makes it much so more you, worth you it. run for the metal i i will say running for me is uh not the first thing i'd want to do but i've actually learned to enjoy it and i think the more i do it the more i want to do it and the more fun it is and that's why I think it's a it's a great thing to sign up for these 5Ks, these 10Ks, because you kind of have to, if you want to do them right, 
you kind of want to run on a regular basis. So I think it helps. The one thing that made the last race so enjoyable for me was that I got to run with my best friend. Yeah. That was the rainy Star Wars one, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's something fun that we've, we've been doing. We have our friends who got us into the racing. So we've been doing this as a family. And this year, the 11 of us had signed up we to run the Star Wars 5K together. So hopefully we'll be able to do that next year. And we'll document it. And now that we have the podcast going, it'll be... We'll, we'll we'll have to do something special with the podcast and and leading up to that race because that that is actually pretty cool. It's awesome to have friends that you're so close with that are like family doing this with you, and uh, so we're we're uh, fortunate to have that. So anyway, we're we're super excited. So we're looking forward to it. And uh, I think next year I'm going to run the half. I said I was going to do it this year, but I I'm determined I am going to run that half. I'm going to run that Star Wars. I'm going to run so. the 10k. Yeah, you run the 10K. For the past two years, I have wanted to do the 5K lap the track at Daytona. And it always sneaks up on us and then we don't do it. So I am going to try really hard to sign us up as soon as it opens so that we can do it in 2021. Well, now let's let's make that commitment right now. We're definitely going to do it as long as the race happens. All We're in. all putting our hands in. We are going to do it this year. We're going to do at least the 5K, all of us, right? And then maybe we'll talk about the half. <laughs> but we'll at least do the 5K. Anyway, guys, thank you for giving us a little bit of your time. We want to thank you for listening on in. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell down there. That way you get notified whenever we upload a brand new episode. Let's go, Racing Family. Out. <laughs> <laughs>